Well, good Thursday afternoon. Welcome to a football show, NFL Underwear Olympics Combine Edition here on the 440 Sports Network, brought to you by Sinker's Beverages and the Kingston Group. That is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall, and we would love to have you a part of the show. If you want to ask Zach questions about what players you, you need to watch this weekend in their underwear, Zach is your guy. So get into the comment section there, of course. We'll take those questions. Please give us a little subscription as well while you're on the YouTube page. And if you're watching somewhere else, please share the product, retweet, share on Facebook, etc., etc. I know you guys get asked to do that a lot uh, across all the different shows, but it is how we continue to grow, keep the product free for you, uh, and of course, support good local business and journalism as well. So lots of stuff to do today on the show. Uh, we are going to get into what Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan had to say in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, uh, the reactions to those particular situations. I know that, Zach, you and Mike covered a lot of sort of the pro roster stuff uh, as it pertains to Andre Dillard or Derrick Henry or Traylon Burke. So if you want to hear deeper conversations about those types of pieces uh, of the Titans' current roster, make sure you check out Football and Other F-Words this week. Excellent job by you guys talking about that. We won't touch on the report card much as, as at all today either. That also, you guys covered a lot on Football and Other F-Words, so make sure you check out that show. Stackingtheinbox.com, and of course, we will get into how to watch the Combine players that we think you should pay attention to, and maybe people will overreact to as well. So lots of fun stuff to do today on the show. Zach, how are you, sir? Doing good. Right now, I, this morning, finally finished formatting. See, what happens is when I build a table or a tool for Stacking the Inbox subscribers to use, I think of... Okay, I got all that done. What extra work can I create my, for myself? And I uh, finally have stopped creating extra work. Uh, the Combine data tool will go live later today. Ooh. Um, filling in some of the measurements that are filtering in from the Combine right now. But new look, new and improved. Mm. More, uh, more things for you to do. I'm very excited about your tool. I'm just saying. You I'm should. a big, big fan of your tool. Uh, uh, make sure you check out Sinker's Beverages and the Kingston Group while you're at it. Uh, good place to go shop for booze, uh, non-alcoholic beverages, wine, uh, anything else that you might might like. They've got plenty of options in there. They've got like these those pre-mixed liquor drinks, uh, which I've never really liked, but I love theirs. They've got something called the long drink. You and I had on our way up to the Wild Turkey Distillery, uh, and it's dangerous. Uh, they're absolutely delicious. You cannot take it, taste any booze, and they're 10% alcohol. So if you want if you want a good time this weekend, check out Sinker's Beverages Long Drink. It's like a gin mixed cocktail. But they've got basically everything. I mean, you go in there and get whatever you want. Huge selection of tequila, huge selection of bourbon, huge selection of wine, and their prices are just flat out better than everybody else's. So um, make sure you check them out. Sinker's Beverages over here in East Nashville, their sister store, Bluegrass, up in Hendersonville. Uh, and of course, if you've uh, if, if you search Uber Eats, Sinker's Beverages, they will deliver the booze this weekend directly to your house. So they'll drive so you could drink. And you know, you're building, you got tools and building boards and all kinds of stuff. I, you know, Kingston Group is perfect for that, man. Um, if you need help with a big board or building a carport or a, da a dad do, even, I don't know if there's any dad do building going on in, in all y'all's lives, but if you want one of those, just give Kingston Group a call. Oh, if you're about to sell oh, your house, you know what a dad do is? You don't know what that is? No. Yeah, you probably no. have you probably have one. <laughs> um, a dadu is, I believe it's a detached uh something above garage. Like it's the little, it's basically the building that's the the separated garage with the like the in-law suite above it. You know what I mean? Like it's oh. the 
It's a very normal thing. I don't know why it has such a very strange name. I don't know what the initials stand yeah, for. It is the uh, the first yeah, time I've I've heard that building that part of that building be described. Uh, never in and I've had many friends who've lived in this so-called term of a dadu. <laughs> uh, I've this is the first time in 38 years of existence that I've ever heard that term. I, I don't get to say that I I taught you something very often. It doesn't happen very often, so I'll, I'll take the win. Detached accessory dwelling unit. Dadu. Gotcha. There you go. But Kingston Group will build like you some baller ass dadus. You know what I mean? If you want a dadu, go check out Kingston Group. Buildkg.com, of course. Uh, uh, Nick says, apologies if you said something in the beginning. When is said tool dropping for subscribers? It'll be later this afternoon. All right. Thursday At afternoon. At some point after this show ends and I'm able to go walk the dogs, it will it will drop after that. It sounds like you just need to make sure you have the Substack app downloaded on your phone and turn on the notifications. And then when Zach's tool goes live, you'll know about it. So that's what it sounds like we need to do. So uh, jump into the comments if you want to ask questions. We'll talk about players a little bit later on, sort of previewing the weekend, because it does sound like, Zach, if I have heard correctly from you through all your content, reading, listening, and, and everything, it, it's, it sounds like you will be watching a lot of the Combine this weekend. <laughs> I watched the Combine in its entirety. Every so like you do you I just before we get started, I just want to know like how are Not you out of enjoyment, out of duty. <laughs> okay, do just duty. so just out of dad duty. So um, your tool your tool your dad do tool feels a duty to watch dudes in underwear. Yes. Okay. There you go. Well, tell me how you do it then. I mean, just give me like you got the notepads I, out. I, like I, how are I, you? I sit on a couch with a laptop or I sit in my office where the TV's at and put stuff in a spreadsheet. <laughs> So I don't know why why you're making this so much more complicated. Than no, no, I'm I'm I meant more like uh I meant more like are, are, and I'm not trying to get into a deep conversation about every single different uh event in every single position, but I'm just curious like do you have some rules on how to watch it? Do, do you have advice for people that are also going to be watching it? Hey, I don't I well, don't that, pay attention yeah, to this, well, I, mean, I do pay attention to that. I mean, my my rules of watching it are more of like for other people is to watch positions that matter to that either you're interested in players that you're interested in or uh, positions that your team desperately needs, which guess what? That is every position <laughs> that is at the combine this year. The combine has much more uh, uh, sweeping importance to the Tennessee Titans uh, roster building than ever before, because it is such a terrible roster. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I just, um, I just, you know, Boop, 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 put in the measurements. Yeah, of, That's just, all I just, do. Just all data entry. Okay, I'm not I like, I like own that. stopwatch or like taking <laughs> notes and like or anything like that. I don't have to take notes because I have the tool. That's what the tool is for, right? Got to have in the tool. Notes and then yeah. I can go back later and look at stuff. It's all well, color coded and all that kind of stuff. Part of the reason I ask is because I personally have my own perception of how valuable the combine is to the consumer. It is a, and this gets into our, this will actually carry us right into Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan talking to the press at the Combine. Because again, most of the Titans brass isn't even going to be there. They weren't at the Senior Bowl. I, I have long felt like the made-for-television stuff that does well on TV, that, that makes for good television, is largely irrelevant for me personally. It doesn't mean that it's irrelevant for the, for the administrators who are evaluating these people. But I do find that the entirety of the circus in its whole... Not that it is worthless. I think that is irresponsible. To if it call makes it you worthless. feel any better, I agree. I just listen with music. I don't. I will. 
I literally do not watch for analysis purposes. I do not watch to hear mm, okay. people, the commentators discuss anything about the prospect. I am there to take data, put it into a spreadsheet, and that's what I do. What What was uh, oh, does anyone, if any one of you commenters or if you Zach remember, it was I, I believe it was Nick Schwartzen who did a bit that was, I think, produced by Adam Sandler in like 2006 or seven. And it was called Gay Robot. And there was a there was like four, it was like a four episode like miniseries. And if anybody knows what I'm talking about, please, for the love of God, let me know. So I'm not out here floundering by myself. But there was one scene and Stoney says, got to see you as the biggest bullish. There's one scene where Gay Robot run, walks. It's at, it's at a college campus and he's like re being recruited to play football. So there's actually a sports twist here. And Nick Schwartzen brings Gay Robot into the swimming pool and he's like, hey, Gay Robot, how are the bulges today? <laughs> and it's hey just, you got to watch it. Stoney would love it. You would love it. Most of the audience would love it. Go check out Nick, Nick Schwartzman doing, uh, Nick Schwartzen doing uh, Gay Robot. Anyway, uh, the bulges are great. The bulges are great. I, I just think that, so the groundbreaking has already come up here. Square said, Square Up says, well, it's a good thing they're interviewing virtually due to the stadium groundbreaking. Whose brain dead idea was that? And I know you and Mike talked about it a little bit. I, I will just quickly address this. It has absolutely the people that are in charge of building the stadium and the groundbreaking and that are managing all of this, which is like 13 different construction companies. I know folks at multiple of them. I've talked to people in the mayor's office as well about this. They they don't give a shit about the combine. <laughs> they 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 are it, this is all about the mayor's schedule, the executive office schedule, council members' schedule, the construction team schedule. All of that is separate and independent from the combine, and they could not care less. And it doesn't affect the Titans' ability to do anything. It's just this was the time that they needed to start the groundbreaking, and it's the time that all of the different schedules could align, and that's it. It's it's not except it's for they didn't align. So that's all. That's that. that I mean, it, that's it, the reason they didn't. That's why they scheduled. It is what I'm saying. Yeah, it it didn't align. Uh, if Amy Adams drunk, you know, this is a, another one of those processes where I just don't like the process. Amy Adams drunk can handle it, and Burke Nyhill can handle it. They don't need anybody. The other guys, maybe Chad Brinker, you can bring in. But you're you're building a football team this offseason. to go into that stadium. Um, again, I don't think it's as big a deal as other people will make it. I just find the decision-making or process behind it on the Titans side, uh, just another notch in the bad process, um, bad decision-making uh, column. So it is what it is. I mean, it's not like nobody's going to be representing the Tennessee Titans while they're there. It's not like they couldn't go back if they wanted to go back. They have a uh, private jet that can then, luckily for them, they're staff members, so they can sit in first class. Um, so if they wanted to go back, they can go back the, and we're, we're getting a question here, like from Trey, who are the players you're going to spend time watching this week? And we're going to get to that, get to that. Uh, <laughs> later on down the road. Um, don't think we're going to have an episode on the day that the combine stuff starts and we're not going to talk. Oh, about it's, combine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be uh, mostly combine, but yeah. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's not going to affect anything because I will say again, People can use what's really great to get in front of a a prospect and read their body language and do this and do that. First off, there are cameras and virtual sessions that see everything. I can see when Braden is getting visibly annoyed with me. He can see when I am checking Never. out and, and 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 all that kind of stuff. So I can see we can see each other. We are virtual. 
high definition <laughs> cameras. I am sure they have that. Secondly, there is someone in the room with them. Mm-hmm. Third, they're not blindfolded. Fourth, they are trained liars now. <laughs> they are uh. trained by agents to lie. And <clears throat> fifth, I will once again say that you can tout Mike Vrabel and John Robinson as these great people, a reader of men, reader of body language <laughs> and players. They sat in a room with Isaiah Wilson <laughs> and went on and on after they drafted him about how great his interview was in person, how how with the impression that he left just walking into the door. All this stuff is a crapshoot. Sure, is it better to be there? I Yes, but in today's day and sure. age, it's going to get more and more. This stuff is going to get more and more worthless because it's going to trend like it is where it is more and more important to have local meetings and top 30 meetings because that's when you get the most information. Yep. And don't forget, I bet you, I bet you soon they're gonna, it's going to be more than top 30. I agree. Uh, what's more important, Bo says, combine or senior bowl? And I, I could argue senior bowl. I, I could I could make the case pretty easily. I mean, important to what aspect? In the terms of figuring out what your draft prospect is, uh, film. I mean, I would say senior bowls. Well, sure, I agree with that. Combine, right? I mean, they're, the, the, what happens at the senior bowl is just speed dating. It's just... <laughs> three minutes if you're lucky of talking to certain prospects, pads, all the prospects but it's pads at least playing football like yeah that's but that, it's at least guys playing football i mean again that is that is film right i mean like to me it's the film it's the games the senior bowl is is great i love the senior bowl but if you're telling me what's more important to a general manager or a head coach i think everybody would likely say the combine that's I think the overwhelming majority of decision makers in the NFL would say the combine. That's that, that might be true. Um, I think what is, what is interesting is like so if it's having, important to the people that are in reality making these decisions, it has to be important to you. That's true, but all the best players kind of don't go to either. You know, like that's what's interesting is it's become. I think over time it's become sort of like all right, we've got let's say there's 500 players in in whole, maybe even 400, whatever the numbers. I'm just making a number up here. There's 400 players that are trying to get drafted. Let's say. I, I to me it's almost like well like the bottom 300 all this stuff really matters every moment of it matters your training your senior bowl practice your combine stuff your interviews your medicals your game tape it all matters in a huge way to sort of like give yourself a chance to be a professional athlete and on the next level of your career there's a there's a chunk of players at the top of the draft this none of this shit means anything to either of them uh it's like look look at my film guys like go watch my film we talked about that with marvin harrison on on monday yeah they should go watch the rutgers film where he gave up didn't want to get hurt <laughs> well Mel, uh, max melton baby um everyone's scared of max melton uh, what's interesting is i think film is absolutely number one but when i covered recruiting like a lot more closely like high school athletes one of the things you really really liked about the under armor games right the all american games and the army all american games like it, the bowl game itself never mattered the game itself didn't matter but it was finally getting players of like a certain caliber and at high school levels there's even it's even crazier the 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 you know the disparity in talent on the high school levels way greater than the disparity in talent in college so it is it's not exactly apples to apples but 
what you were looking for was a five-star from Florida and a five-star from Ohio and a four-star from Texas and a four-star from California to go head-to-head with each other and practice for a week and see how you handled it, see how you responded, see what happens when you get challenged. And I think there was a really famous, like, I want to say it was Julio Jones and like Janoris Jenkins, I think, that ironically two, two Titans uh, late in their careers. That I think like there's a famous moment where like one guy torches another guy and the other guy goes back and and jumps to the front of the line because he's like, fuck that. We're doing this again. And then get and then wins the rep against the other guy. And it's like two five star guys that were going head. Well, that happened at Quinion Mitchell and Roman Wilson at the senior yeah. bowl, too. And that that stuff's great. But there's not that many people at the senior bowl that are decision makers they're like they're they're used to, because, again, you can get that in tape. Yep. You yep. can do other things with your your time. That that's yep. the ultimate issue is is that like it, it kind of goes back to COVID, right? You, people found out I don't have to be at work to do my work. Yeah. I can be at home. I cannot have to work fifty hours a week to do my job. Now that's not for every every employee, every employer, every career, but it it then lets you go into like the they all did Zoom meetings. They all did this. They all did that. And there were many teams that thrived during the COVID era without having to go to all this stuff. So it's not that they're I think I think people are stressing less the importance of being there, but not the importance of the drills and takeaways and stuff like yeah, that. I, I, that is that is where I think the disconnect between all this stuff is. Everybody's assuming, well, Robert Sally Sally is not going Sean McVay doesn't go to this uh Les Snead doesn't go to that so it's becoming less and less important no it's because you can get all the data watch all of that right they still watch all that data they still go through the tape they still go through virtual meetings or meetings and this and that they still get reports from their scouts they're just finding better uses of their time yeah on yep. February 28th through March the 3rd or whatever. They're just doing different things. T- tighten up, Tony says it. And it's why I don't have to watch the combine either. Data is data. Uh, I watch and, it for you. I watch and it for I, you. I get, this is why I subscribe to stackintheinbox.com. I subscribe to stackintheinbox.com for Zach's beautiful and illustrious tool. That's it. I just want his tool. The, to me, the best thing that comes out of the combine is like someone saying that birds aren't real. And I <laughs> great tight end number one. Uh, birds aren't real. And there's a guy yesterday, um, uh, Sage, not Sage Steele. Uh, who's, oh, wow. who's the guy? Uh, who's the uh, the Ohio State linebacker? Steal something or something? Tommy Steele. Eichenberg. No, I just said steal. Um, but he asked like four or five reporters. Uh, Tell tell me which four animals that you want to bring into war with you. Like to me, that's the fun stuff of the combine. Okay. It's like and then uh Jalex Hunt was interviewing Marshawn Nealon to have him tell the uh, crowd stuff he liked about Jalex Hunt on tape. So like it's <laughs> still chambers, that's what it is. Still chambers. Yeah. Um that is that is stuff to me that's very interesting. But that I think the obviously the interview process is more important. But the interview process does not have to be done in person. That Isn't is the it? way of the world. Evolve. Yeah. Evolve. Yeah. I, I agree with almost all of that. Isn't it like three elephants and like a massive jaguar? Oh, you got to like, have four answer? different animals. You got to oh, have four, four different, different animals? animals. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's definitely one giant elephant for sure. And like a couple of attack cats. And yeah. then and then maybe like a a, a a hawk that can track your where like track. You know, you need air. You know, you need air and land as well. 
Uh, okay, so let's get fucking 22 minutes. Let's get to the combine. <laughs> so, uh, we'll get to players you, here. You, you want to? What, what about the presser? Are we not yes, that's what, I, that's what that's where I'm going to start is with the react right. is the start of the combine, which is Rand and, and Callahan. And I know, again, if you want, like, I wasn't planning on talking about can we develop Traylon Burks or will Derrick Henry be back on the team? Or it sounds like Andre Dillard is clearly going to be for three million bucks a depth piece for this <laughs> roster. Um, you guys. You guys covered that. You and her did cover that very well on F word. So go, go check that out. I, my takeaway though. And again, I think we can go through and look at some of these things. Cause I think the overwhelming takeaway was, Oh, they're, they're clearly going to take a receiver. They're focused on receiver. Brian Callahan says explosiveness and speed. There's a lot of fun players. There's good receivers in rounds two through four. We're going to get quote, a couple of guys. Um, and that Rand starts off, I think by throwing red meat to the media and to the fans which is, yeah, this is a really deep class at wide receiver and offensive line, and we're going to – those are the two that we're really focused on. Like, to me, that is just pure – like, that is just taking raw hamburger meat and throwing it to the jackals and the hyenas that desperately want this. Now, some of this is just pure logic. You can watch the Titans and say, shit, they really need an offensive line upgrade. Uh, they also – and I agree with you on this – that they need everything – that they cannot pigeonhole themselves into a position or two or three. They need almost every position on the field. And ultimately, I don't know what I believe when they say things. I know you're big on like sort of reading some things and like, hey, I take this. And I would agree with that in any other, like their introductory press conference, totally true. Gave us some insight into what type of team they're going to be or what type of scheme they're going to run. I think that's all real. I don't, I don't trust a single word a single human says who works for a professional football team about a single thing about the NFL draft. I don't trust any of it. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade back and take a corner in the first round because I don't like what's the old Mike Tyson saying. Yeah. Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. Like you plan for months. You go to the senior bowl, you go to the combine, you do the interviews, you do the, the, the virtual stuff, you test out, you've got metrics, you've got analytics, you spend months and millions of hours and dollars on building your board, right? And then all of a sudden you get punched in the face because some team jumps up to five and takes a player that you weren't expecting. And so it's just well, and I, like, it's just, well, it's all, I it's all bullshit. I disagree. Like it, it's not all bullshit. It's all, um, it's all, it's all, there should be a good word for this. It's not projected con conjecture, but it's like a projected outlook. Maybe is how I would okay. view these comments. Um, we know that dating back to his time at the Bengals and it, words that he used to Bengals media over time, which is the same stuff he is saying now that wide receiver is important. And it is, if all things are equal, he's going wide receiver. We heard that, uh, Rand Carthon knows that they need speed and they know they need explosive playmakers on both sides of the ball. I don't think that's a smokescreen or or fire or anything because he also said, yeah, we're open for trading back. We need as many draft picks as possible. So I think all this stuff is true, but if you're trying to take any of it to the bank and and say, hey, you, you may lose your house because that's what you're <laughs> saying, the state of the draft. The, the I mean, at, at the end of the day, if it's Roma, if Malik Neighbors and Marvin Harrison Jr. are off the board and it's looking at Rome Adunze and Joe Alt, they may not view them as equal. And they may view Joe Alt not as equal as uh, Rome Adunze. But in the world of tiebreakers, 
wide receiver wins, right? In a world where they're open to trading, if someone gives them a good offer, they're likely going to trade back. And that does not mean that they're going to trade back and still take a wide receiver offensive line like we have talked about. They could take a playmaker on the other side of the ball. So they're telling us the plan, or they're telling us, here's what they're telling us. They're telling us every outcome for a plan, <laughs> but it's really just three yes. outcomes, right? It's Or four outcomes. It's wide receiver, then offensive line, trade back, and a defensive playmaker. Those are your four outcomes. Yeah, and I think... And I know that seems like it's kind of like a bunch of fit, bunch of fence sitting, but they're not going to take Brian Thomas over Joe Alt. No, I right? mean, honest, like, honest, honestly, fence sitting is what just, you it's have... It's just common sense talk. Yes, I, I agree. And we've I, never gotten that. And I think we're all like... Well, I think every... And you're right. You're viewing it as red meat, but... I just remember just like a month ago, everybody said Rand Carthon is a big idiot who doesn't know how to talk in the media and doesn't know how to how to handle the media. Now he's some fantastic mastermind that's and it's not just you, but now he's some fantastic mastermind throwing red meat and he's just answering the questions that he's asked. And they're all he's all he's being asked about is wide receivers and and Derek and Derrick Henry of course I don't know yeah, why the you I know mean, you got you got to ask five questions about Derrick Henry like no guys like we've well you got to ask thirteen about uh, to Brian Callahan about his father of course yeah so like, I I agree with your I think your point is valid that like all this stuff is common sense like if you watch the team and you have eyes and ears and you know There's anything no about football behind the curtain no <laughs> you know no Fa fast instinctive and tough okay that's true that's what they want to be they need to add quote rank Carthon. they need to add playmakers on both sides and get faster that's absolutely true it, you know callahan and Rand saying a bunch of true things doesn't make doesn't actually give us any legitimate insight into what their actual plan will be today tomorrow next week or when they're on the clock you just you just don't fundamentally know. sound is one of oh, the yeah. F's. That's right. When, when you do, See, I, when, I like that kind of stuff. Like when I you don't have to be fast. When you don't yeah. have to be fast because you're like a D Devondre Sweat, you need to be fundamentally sound. You know. Yes, Tony Pollard is not getting tagged. By the way, okay. Sorry, there's just some a couple of questions I'm just trying to knock out. Uh, Legarius Need did did get tagged. By the way, uh, so we've got that um, uh, on the board as well to something we can get to, and we'll get to players here in a second. Sinkers Beverages, Kingston Group, our great sponsors. Uh, make sure you sign up for the in crowd. By the way. Uh, at Sinkers Beverages, because that is where you're you're going to have to be signed up for the in crowd if you want to hang out with us at the draft party. So just that's what just I just want to let you know. So go sign up just, for the in crowd. Go ahead. I just want to wrap up this conversation that we're in the middle of. Um, the people who want to make this as a conspiracy theory that they're doing smoke screens and all this stuff, guys, I just don't think they are. It can be uh, both. I, I think I mean, I don't think I don't think they are because they said they want to trade back. Like if you say you want to trade back or we'll listen to all the trade back offers and we haven't gotten any yet. I mean, there's no smokescreen to to be had unless they're drafting a quarterback. I actually think <laughs> like, you're like that's the only smokescreen that all this stuff could be for is like, OK, well, we're really interested in drafting a quarterback. Then then we witnessed the most masterful smokescreen yeah. <laughs> of all time. No, no, that part I agree. That, to your, and, and again, we're arguing semantics here at this point, but I agree with you. It's not, it's it's saying everything and nothing all at the same time is what it is, which is not technically a smoke screen. Hey, Rand says, I like seven, but I'm open. That yeah. that is the that is what you have to say. It is must lie season. It is never tell just assume that they have a plan and that they're not going to fucking tell us the plan. Because if you did, you weren't you're not doing your job and you're giving away you your can't leverage. Tell us the plan because there is there are plans A through D, right? Yeah, like exactly. In, yeah. You can't tell us one plan because that plan is likely not going to work out. Doesn't because it isn't because they told us. I, that, I guess that's why it didn't work out. It's just that they're 
when you go into the draft, everybody who wants one specific position or one specific uh, plan does not know fundamentally how the draft works. And that that is, uh, I think, the the most important thing that I think we're both saying is that you you can't take to heart just because they love wide receiver, because they even say all things equal, we love wide receiver, that it's going to be a wide receiver no matter what. It's going to be a wide receiver until X player B pl- and X wide receiver, Y wide receiver, and Z wide receiver off the board. Then it's going to be an offensive line. And well, then you're like, well, they told us it was a wide receiver, and everybody thought it was going to be a wide receiver. No, right? You didn't listen. You don't well, know how the draft works, and the draft is the draft is a fickle bitch. Will Will Levis is all you need to know. Their entire draft was changed because Will Levis was available on the start of the second day last year. That's it. He wasn't expected to yeah. be there. He was. They made an adjustment. They thought he was the right answer. They I went up and got him. He wasn't. I mean, right? I mean, they tried their best to trade up into the first round. Right. And to make sure that he wasn't there in the second round. So, well, and it is what it is. And that fifth year option might have been better. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see this year at the end of the year. So, ultimately, they could be just because they take two receivers in rounds two through four doesn't mean that Brian Callahan told us on Tuesday or Wednesday that that's what they were going to do. It's that's how the draft fell. And I agree. You don't know anything about the draft. If you don't sort of understand that you have to have. And I think this is ultimately what makes the draft so fun. Truly what makes the draft so much fun. And what I would love to do one day is, and I've, and I've talked to, there's a former GM that's a friend of mine that I've talked to a lot about this stuff. And he's, he has, he's been out of the game for a long time. And I would love to sort of talk to a newer version of this who's been in the draft for the last, like in the last like 10 years i want to sit down and see how fast it moves with a general manager during the draft because i think this is what's ultimately so fascinating is you just I, and i think quarterback for example the titans aren't interested in my opinion in quarterback obviously but i think quarterback is going to play such a huge role in what happens at seven whether they trade back or teams want to move up denver new orleans etc which i think could very much happen the fact that it, you just and you have 10 minutes, you have less than 10 minutes to decide your entire franchise's future. And you may not have expected the three guys to be there. And it's just my favorite part of the draft is how unpredictable it can be. And that is the, my favorite thing. And that's what makes good general managers and good coaches. Well, that's really good. Also why they have someone that runs the board. Remember how yeah. big of a deal it was. Ryan Cowden ran the board. I must mean you making the draft picks. No, he's, he's the guy up there changing all the names, telling you, okay, Hey guys, this guy's still available yep. and he's still really yep. rated really high. Do not forget him. Or this guy up here is over here. We didn't expect him to be here. And here he is like, that is how it works. Like they did not expect Peter Skaronsky to be there at 11. And then that's kind of right. a trope on the day one anyway, but I really didn't expect Peter Skaronsky to be there at 11. I don't think really hardly anybody did. I, I agree. And there he was. And you that's why you took him over Will Levis because he was rated higher on your board. But the plan was they wanted a quarterback, not Peter Skaronsky. Right? Yep. I mean, like that's yeah. kind of what they were alluding to the whole time. So again, what you hear is true. It's just not necessarily going to be true. Yeah. Maybe that's the best way to put it. It's true, but maybe not applicable in all situations or for the yeah. reasons that they tell us. So again, I, I take everything with a grain of salt from everybody in the NFL. And I think actually and I've sort of adopted this now, having worked with you, is that like there's certain people in the media, there's a handful of them, probably one at each of the major networks that spends a fortune to be a partner of the NFL, hypothetically, that sort of has access to the back rooms and to some of these decision makers. And when they adjust their boards, it's not because they necessarily think a guy is better or not. It's because they are hearing from people who do think that stuff. 
and are therefore making adjustments accordingly. So let's get to players. Let's spend the next 25, 30 minutes here talking about players, sinkers, beverages, Kingston group, stacking the inbox.com football and other F words. Uh, Paul Karski's up there. Hot reads up there. So check out all the other great shows across the 440 sports network. If you guys have questions about players, please jump in uh, and we will talk about it. Damn it. Braden says Deagle. I don't understand. I don't (laughs) don't understand. What did I do this time? Um, Okay. So I want to start with offensive skill players, and we'll to, we'll talk wide receiver, running back, tight end. And I think some of this is going to be guys that are under the radar that we think you should pay attention to as Titans fans, uh, positions that you should pay attention to. Some of this is players that we think might provide some like false prophecy this weekend as well. For example, I think Xavier Leggett and A.D. Mitchell at wide receiver could provide some false prophecy this weekend. I, there's a chance that they both look and test extremely well from a size, speed, physicality standpoint, you know, there's, there's consistency issues with both of them on the big stage. I think they could move up boards with some of their testing this weekend. That doesn't mean the Titans should be all over those guys in the middle of the second round or early second round, or even higher than that. Should they test well? Based on what Brugler said, Leggett's going to have to test really, really well to move up to day two or move up to the second round conversation. Um, And we're talking like, post a 10 RAS score good. I mean, maybe if you get in the nines, it's pretty good. But if you post like something like Traylon Burks-esque or even A.J. Brown-esque, because A.J. Brown didn't really test that well at the combine, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see here. A.J. Brown, he tested, he was an 8.59. So, I mean, maybe you get in the, if you if you fall below eight and you're Xavier Legat, that, that has done nothing for you. Yep. In my opinion, in the He's, RAS. And listen, there's certain things for a wide receiver that actually matters, not just RAS, but RAS is a good catch-all to kind of determine, okay, well, this is going is going to be what matters. Um, I, I think that a, a guy, when I when I look at this wide receiver position, I think for, I like Romadunze, I like Malik Neighbors, I like Brian Thomas, I like Troy Franklin. Who the fuck doesn't, right? I mean, like, who the fuck doesn't like the top five guys? Um, they may have different orders for them and everything like that. But again, you have a plan until you get punched in the fucking face. Mm -hmm. And if those top three guys are gone at seven, you're not going to just draft a wide receiver, which means that changes the entirety, the entire outlook. So like you talk about how maybe I would tell people to watch uh, the combine. I think wide receiver is a good good starting point for that. And the fact that you should be watching guys like um, Javon Baker, you should be watching guys like Marcus Rosamy Jackson, Roman Wilson, Brendan Rice. I mean, guys like that don't watch, don't waste your time watching Aeneas Smith. There, there you go. There's one guy I wouldn't waste my time watching because he's too short. His arms are even shorter. He's, he's not even able to be, I, I'm doing percentiles against prospects and against, um, you know, your percentile arm length and all that kind of stuff. He's in a, his percentile is so out of range. He is in a against do you, elite. Do, do you think he's a pure, player. do you think he's a pure wide receiver? Cause I think he could be, I, he was a running back at first at Texas A&M. So I, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think he's going to be an NFL player. Uh, <laughs> like, wow, I'm surprised by that. I, 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 he's going to be a guy that we're, everybody's going to be like, Oh, look at these high. Cause there's certain accounts that only share highlights of players and stuff like that. I think at the yeah. end of the day, when you get into it, Aeneas Smith is going to be a guy that we're not going to remember in a few years. Um, like, and I would use this time to familiar size, familiar self, 
familiarize, familiarize yourself. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to I had to write the first time <laughs> with guys maybe like Lydetrick Griffin. Okay, so you may not know who that is. That's fine. Uh, Bub Means is another one. Jalen Coker. There's going to be a lot of guys that are going to do a lot of help for their brand here to get on the radar of fans, but you have to be paying attention. Uh, Jamari Thrash is another guy. Like to me, yeah. Jalen McMillan, I, Ricky Pearsall. Watch. I don't care what the elite wide receivers that we know in a in a in certain prospects and draft classes do, because they're supposed to do that. Like even AJ Brown, who didn't have the fastest forty time, excelled at other things. Right? Yeah. They're supposed to be good. So if you're focusing solely on those guys this weekend, that's not how we do it. You can use their information later on down the road to inform opinions. But right now, it's like, what does Jermaine Burton do? Like yeah. that is a guy that is kind of in that weird. He has great tape, right? Yeah, he has great tape. But he doesn't do anything ex like exceptionally well. You know what I mean? I I think he does, but it's not. Again, does he do it better than most of the wide receivers in the draft class? Yes. So like that's the thing. Is he? Yeah. I'm not saying is he a guy that's going to sneak into the first round, but is that a guy that right. if you miss out or you trade back? and gain a third rounder or maybe a late second rounder uh, on top of your early second rounder. Like, isn't that a guy that you could probably draft and he turns into a quality NFL wide receiver. So I, I a number one wide receiver, maybe not, but that's, no. that's why the draft is so fluid. But I think your, your point here, the way I'm kind of digesting it is you need to personally, as a fan of the game and as a fan of your team, in this case, the Titans, you need to decide who you like in like that 12 to 20 range at wide receiver. Like it, you may like, I really like Ricky Pearsall. I just think he's a really good handsy receiver that makes every catch that knows how to run routes perfectly. That knows exactly where he's supposed to be on the field at all times. He is not the most physically gifted in terms of size and speed, but like there's a lot of guys that are in that six foot six, one, one ninety range. Roman Wilson, I think is going to test very well. He's another guy who just is a heady player that knows where he's going. Jalen McMillan out of Washington. You mentioned a bunch of these guys, uh, Brandon Rice, Luke McCaffrey, like find out who this weekend, to your point, watch the, and again, this goes back to what Callahan said. There's a bunch of guys in rounds two, three, and four that are going to be good. Malachi Corley, like go find guys that you think, like to your point, everyone knows who the top six, seven, eight guys are. And, you can do even within that range, you can debate some of those names and that's fine. But really the value of this draft class is figuring out who's like 12 to 20. And cause those are the guys you're going to target in the late second, early third round. If you can somehow get a pick there. Um, but just in general, in like that 50 to 90 range in the draft, that's where you're going to see a bunch of these guys go off the board. And so figure out who you like at that position. In that's, that and that's how I view the offensive tackle class too. Yeah. Because it, we know the top end of the offensive tackles and the offensive linemen in general. It's about the guys that that can show you something that that just lets you know that if you were to miss out on, maybe you get a Dunze, and then you miss out on Alt and Fashanu, maybe there is someone else in the second or third, like a Patrick Paul. Or maybe there's a guy that's maybe in the fifth, like a Delmar Glaze. Like that, to me is where you how to approach the combine if you're a Titans fan for yep. those specific positions because you are getting just beaten 
in your head. It's like there's like 50 dead horses in Titans media right now. They're being beaten to death. And Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, Joe Walt, Nolu Fashanu right now are just being beaten to death. You're not getting any kind of new analysis unless you're a subscriber to Stacking the Inbox. You're not getting any new analysis. You're getting the same dead-ass, tired stuff. Olu's the better pass blocker, but Joe Walt's the better overall prospect. Oh, you know, but Olu has the higher ceiling. Yeah, thank you. We heard that five weeks ago. Could you get some fucking new material? Actually go watch some tape and get us some new shit? Like, give me a break. Sorry, I went off this tangent. <laughs> but, like, I mean, like, I mean. I do want to see how Fuaga. I do want to see. A radio show will have. Yeah, listen. A radio show will have Justin Mello on, who says the same thing that Jim Wyatt will say later, who will say the same thing that Dave McGinnis says the next day, who will say the same thing Damn. that Charles Robinson says, who will say the same thing that Jason Fitz says, who will say the same thing as this guy says. Listen. Sounds like you shouldn't be listening to radio. Material by Joe like... Walt and Olu Fashanu. And if you need help, go to stackinginbox.com and watch Stoney's breakdown of both those guys. Because then you'll get some actual real analysis. S- sounds like sounds like don't listen to sports talk. Sports talk radio is what it sounds like. You shouldn't do. Yeah. Um. Uh, listen to digital content when you can pick and choose what and where and where you listen to your content. That's what I would say. Um. Yeah. I do want to see Fuaga, Oregon State. I want to see how he tests athletically, arms. I want to see all that stuff. I know he's a little shorter. Can he play right tackle? I think is an interesting question. So I do think ordering. The, the tackles at the top of the board is interesting because I think receiver, you're kind of like, we know that you're good if you get any of the top three. You know, like it doesn't really matter. You're, it's a it's a hugely beneficial player for the for the Titans team. I think offensive line is a far worse hit rate in general. So if you want to order some of those guys and watch them this weekend, that's fine. But I think finding some of the depth pieces that uh, again, you second third rounders, I think that's the way to go. Uh, at running back, I, I am really fascinated with the running back class this weekend, and I'm you know. I'm whether whether it's I, like Braylon Allen is a guy that I've seen play in person. I think he's got a ton of ability. I think Ray Davis at Kentucky is another one I want to see this weekend. Uh, I love Jawar Jordan at Louisville. I want to see what he can do uh, this weekend from a text testing standpoint. And then Audric Estime at Notre Dame. None of the, these guys might be too expensive for the Titans. They might not be pieces that they're considering, but just keep an eye on them. I, one guy that I love who's going to, I think, fall bo- down boards because he's not going to test particularly well but I think is a really good player that because he's going to come in a little small and a little undersized and maybe he doesn't hit that 40 time the right way that is going to go down boards. Bucky Irving at Oregon is a damn good football player. That dude is just a football player. And so he could fall down boards this weekend because maybe he doesn't, he runs a four, six and he comes in at 189 pounds or whatever. And sure that does limit him in some situations, but it doesn't mean that in the fourth, fifth, sixth round or something that they shouldn't be considering taking a backup to Tajay Spears uh, as Brian Callahan said, you need to the division of labor is what's important in the running back right now. You got to have multiple guys touch the football. Uh, routinely. I don't agree, but you know, it is what it is. You don't um, like, you don't like Bucky. I, no, 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 no. I disagree with his overarching philosophy that you have to have like three different guys that do three different things. Just get two guys that do the same thing. Um, that's how, that's how they built it in Cincinnati. So I don't understand why he's, you, taking you think he meant three? Approach. Well, he said three. He gave you three different examples of three. He said the short yardage guy, the third down guy, and the first two, the first two down guy. If I'm not mistaken, he gave you three different running backs. Now, yeah, maybe I he thought, meant, I maybe took it to mean you meant. Different. I just took it to mean you need multiple guys. 
I, that's what I took it to mean. You just you can't have one guy who does it all. You can't have just a guy who does in between the tackles on short yardage. You can't have just a guy who's a third down ball catcher. You kind of have to have. It's not about like the number one guy. Hey, here's it's about what he says: how you divide the labor. But well, he said, but to have good running backs, you need ones that can protect, ones that can win routes in the pass game, can catch, ones that are explosive. So that's one guy. And then you have to have guys, too, that sometimes when you need two yards, they're going to pound it for two yards and make it hard on defense and to tackle them. So, okay, so maybe there wasn't three. Maybe now that I'm reading the transcript, there's only two. But I, I think you need a guy that could do all of that. I think you need two guys that could do all that. That's the better way to build. There I agree. are many guys like that. I like I like Ray Davis. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to test really well. He has a really great story, but he's very small. But that's okay. Running backs aren't that big anymore. I think we got spoiled by Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, Nick, you're looking for just really tall ones. Nick, Nick uh, says Ray Davis, Davis is a Rasheen Ali. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. He says Ray. Nick says Ray Davis is cheaper. AJ Dillon. Uh, AJ Dillon is way bigger than Ray Davis. So, but doesn't I, they don't run similarly. AJ Dillon. But AJ Dillon's yeah, like AJ Dillon is uh, seventy. Is he's six feet? He's six feet. Uh, so, uh, there's a, um, there's a big difference there. Yes. Uh, but like, I'm looking at a guy like an Isaac Garendo who just, he screams, ran Carthon, the San Francisco 49er style <laughs> running back. Like he just screams it. And I like Jalen Wright. And I think Jalen Wright is in contention to be the first running back drafted. Yeah. He might be too expensive. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so he may not be even be there. I, I think right now, if you're talking about the guys that are likely there when they are looking at a running back, I would say Isaac Grindo, possibly Marshawn Lloyd, depending on how he tests, uh, Ray Davis, uh, and uh, Isaiah Davis, Dylan Lobby, and Amani Bailey would be guys that in the rounds that they're probably likely looking at a running back, those would be the guys that are still going to be there. Cause I think like Bucky Irvin, Braylon Allen, Blake Corum, all those other guys will probably likely be gone. Like, I, and I'm curious how much the Titans brass thinks they need somebody with different skills than Spears. And I'm not, it sounds like you're saying, and I'm kind of agreeing with you that it does, you don't need to like, ideally you have two guys that can do everything. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where Davis and Wright and Marshawn Lloyd come in is where they can be, you know, between the tackle guys, but also, out in space guys and honestly like th these are probably all top seven eight nine running backs that we've talked about and there's a chance they all go before the third round is over and if that's the case i don't know if the titans should be spending that kind of capital on any of those names unfortunately we'll, we'll see running backs just running backs are a weird position in the draft because yeah you know sometimes you'll have two go in the first round and then you won't have any go for a while until the third round. Yep. And then you'll have a big run on the second round where you didn't have them any go in the first round and they all went in the yep. second. So again, it's kind of hard to predict, but those are guys that are, you know, for me, I'm looking at them and I'm like, those are they're If they do not sign an Austin Eckler or someone kind of of that ilk, that's probably going to be cheap, even though he doesn't think he should be cheap, <laughs> but if they sign someone relatively cheap, maybe they wait and see what the UDFAs look like. Yeah. But I'm leaning towards, I think you're going to hear a running back get drafted by the Tennessee Titans at some point. 
Yeah, I like, uh, by the way, Frank Gore is very small, but very, very productive out of Southern Miss. Frank Gore Jr., I should say. Cody Schrader, we've talked about him out of Missouri. I like the both, both of the Georgia kids, uh, Daywan Edwards and Kendall Milton. These are all like seventh rounders, by the way. Daywan Edwards all, had a really great senior bowl, by the way. Those guys are all really, and he was, I think he was the one that was hurt a lot, so didn't uh, didn't get as used up as much at Georgia. I think all those guys could be available in the seventh round. So th- there's a chance that they have really good options in the seventh round where they have a bunch of picks. I'll tell you a position I have not looked at very much at all, like for any reason, and that's tight end. Outside of Brock Bowers, I just ha- I think John Tavian Sanders is really really good. He's probably going to test really well at the combine. Um, I I just I, this is not a position I have done a lot of studying. I, I, should should Titans fans be paying more attention to this position? I don't think so. So I think you know for me it's just like I would be I'm, I'd be very surprised if they walked away with a tight end, unless someone of good value dropped into the sixth or seventh round. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't think that's going to be the case. There's only uh, 15 tight ends that got invited to the combine. So that tells you right there, the state of the draft class, in my opinion. Yep. I, I tend to agree. And they've got two very young guys that, that are already on the team right now uh, that are clearly going to be on the roster. So, and a couple of Brian mentioned Frank Gore jr. Twice asked about him. I really like him, but only late because of his size, but I think he's a really nice player. So I really um, don't know much about Frank Gore. So I don't want to speak extremely productive um, and was like the only guy on his team doing anything. <laughs> he had to carry the offense. I think he actually played quarterback for a while when the quarterback got hurt, which is again, a testament to sort of just like his football IQ. Um, that he can get in there and do that. I, honestly, the two positions I am most interested in watching are cornerback and defensive line edge position mm-hmm. players. Like it, this weekend, whether it's Chop Robinson, Darius Robinson out of Missouri, I really like him a lot. Braden Fisk, um, DeAndre uh, Tavondre Sweat, we've talked about him. Uh, Austin uh, Booker at a Kansas, I think, is a really interesting one. There's a ton of these edge guys that I don't know if we know exactly how athletic they are. Braylon Trice, Chris Braswell. Uh, Marshawn Nealon, like there's so many guys that I think are worth paying attention to because I think pass rusher and even to the lesser extent, defensive lineman alongside Jeffrey Simmons, I think is much further. Only have Jeffrey Simmons. They're much further up the board. This made up up person named Quentin Bohanna. Like that is it on the offensive line or defensive (laughs) line. Let me ask you this. Unless they they go and get Chris Jones, who everybody thinks is somehow magically going to hit free agency. I would be very hard pressed to believe it. But um, there are people out there who thinks he's for sure hitting free agency. And yeah. I think that it's 80% he's staying with the Chiefs. But regardless, they need so many bodies on the defensive line. And this is a draft where I really like some of these guys. Uh, I don't know if you saw it today, but Mason Smith out of LSU. Stud, dude. dude. Stud. He, he, this dude is massive. Stud. He is uh, six. He's six foot five, 306 pounds. So he's got a good weight to height ratio. He's not fat or anything. 35 inch arms and an 84 and seven eighths wingspan. Like this dude is massive. Just, just huge. He, he was a, projected- I would love for him to be, I don't know if he's any good, but I'd love for him just to be lined up against, you know, Jeffrey Simmons. And what the fuck are you going to do? It's like lining Tamandre yeah. Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons together. What the fuck are you going to do? So Smith was a, like, almost after his first season at LSU, he was basically projected as a top 10 pick. He tore his ACL and got hurt as a sophomore, didn't play at all. And then came back last year and didn't have as good a season because he was still recovering from the injury. 
that is a guy that is going to go later than he should because of the injury and is going to be better than his draft stock. He is, he, yep. he grades out so high that he puts two A's in his name. That's how highly he will grade out. <laughs> I like it's it. it's M A A S O N Mason. You need two A's. Uh, if so, here's ultimately what, what I was going to ask you. They go offensive line at seven or 10 or 12 or 14. Let's say hypothetically, then they're on the clock at 38. Are you good with Devondre sweat, Darius Robinson, chop Robinson edge rusher at that spot? Because I think the cor- I think there's a better chance you get a better edge player at 38 than you do corner. I think there's better corners in the third round than there are defensive linemen. Do, Does that make sense? Do where do you rank Kamari Lassiter among Tavondre Sweat and Darius Robinson? Because for me, hmm. I know Chopper Robinson is going to be super athletic and all that kind of stuff. He's a project. I don't think he yeah, I, I I think I prefer Darius Robinson to Chopper Robinson. So let's say this I, is, yeah, I gave you a defensive lineman, an edge, and now a cornerback. And they're all likely to be, maybe not uh, Darius Robinson, but they're all likely to be available in the second round of pick 38. Well, who are you going? Okay, so you're saying, question, you're, right? you're saying Kamari Lassiter, corner out of Georgia. And I'm assuming that means like Kool-Aid's off the board, that the Missouri yeah, I would is off the board. Off by Cooper DeShane's off the board. Okay. So Kamari, Kamari Lasser out of Georgia. Okay. He's the best then, available defensive back. Okay. And then best I'm available. I'm giving you the three best at their position available. The other one was Darius Robinson and Chop Robinson? Yeah. No, uh, Tavander Sweat. Because <sighs> you because you were asking me about cornerback edge defensive yeah. lineman you say cornerback you can get a cornerback in the third round which you can i would t- if darius but robinson is on the as as K- K- kamari lassiter i would take darius robinson over kamari lassiter okay okay i would probably take i go back and forth and it, but not sweat or free agency but right now i would say kamari lassiter okay over both i would go kamari lassiter to vandre sweat then Darius Robinson. I like Darius Robinson, but I, Tavondre Sweat, and 38 is likely too rich for Sweat, depending on how he so, tests. So, but this, man, him next to Jeffrey Simmons is so early. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I think 38's a little, I think 38's a little early. Yeah. There, you're, you're, there's a little risk involved with Sweat, just that, that, that I don't love. Here's yeah. what I will say. I really like all the Missouri defensive players. I like all of them. Both both corners, uh, Hooper, the middle linebacker, and and Robinson. You could probably get good value for those guys. Here's why: if I look at these cornerbacks and I see Cam Hart, Jarvis Brownlee, Max Melton, Chris Abrams, Drain, I love Mike Santrasil out of Michigan. Because you don't Do you have want... a third round. I know that's if, the problem. If you talk about positionless football and versatility, a guy like Mike Santrasil out of Michigan, I want to see. He's a little undersized. Quarterback of the defense plays every position. He only he's, has like a hundred something snaps on the outside in his career, though. He's he's like Is that really diverse. And no, diverse no. To me, he's like Molden. He can move. Or, I just mean he can. He can. Uh, they, they lined him up. I, I, sorry, I did not mean inside Molden. out. I didn't mean it. Yeah, it's true. I didn't mean inside outside. I meant like anywhere. Let's say between the hashes, gotcha. he can play anywhere. He can play safety. He can play in the box. He can. He's a good tackler. He's got a lot of Logan Ryan like skills and he's just, I love good football players. Like mentally he's in the right place at the right time, gets his team into the right situation. He was sort of the the play caller for a lot of that defense for Michigan. I just am using him as an example of a guy that's going to be later on because he's not going to test really great, but it's going to play faster and smarter and better than his, than his measurables. And those are the types of guys I think that are available at corner in rounds three, four and five that I don't think I see along the defensive line. I like Makai Wingo. He's pretty solid. But if you want a true difference maker at defensive line or edge, 
you probably have to get him at 38. You probably have to do it there. Uh, I would agree with defensive line. I mean, I still like Keith Randolph. I like Jordan Jefferson. I like um, uh, Gabe Hall as well as guys okay. that could be probably a little bit later and still be available. I like all three of those guys. They may not provide provide you the same versatility or athleticism as Darius Robinson, but they still provide you – or sorry, as uh, – they may not provide you the, the beef next to, like, yep. Tavondre Sweat. And then if you go to edge, I like Jalex Hunt. I think Jalex Hunt is a guy that I think is going to test really well. I think he's mentally sharp, and I think that he is a guy that would provide you not the elite pass rushing that you're looking for, but someone that is at least more dynamic than Rashad Weaver and Arden Key. Yep. So yep. it just depends on how you're looking to build your your roster. But I agree, the cornerbacks class is loaded. I mean, I massive Cam Hart guy, love Cam Hart. Yep. Uh, I like Dwight McGlothern. Uh, the more I watch of him, the more I read up on him. I really like what I've seen. I like what the data tells me as well. I'm interested to see what the combine tells me. Very rangy, um, very lengthy player. Very, very rangy. Kerry Jackson's another guy right there. Max Melton. Like, you know, I'm a big Max yep, Melton yep. guy. <laughs> um, I like those guys. And oh, Renardo Green, who is now probably, I think people are now starting to get around to watching Renardo Green film, Florida State cornerback. Mm -hmm. That's a guy that you're going to hear a lot more of as the process goes on. And I, just, and I, just and please, so. just please don't draft Kamal Hayden. Um, okay. Just don't, just don't do it. There you go. The guy was beat every single time he was in man coverage. Just don't, just don't, don't draft him. Yep. Uh, don't, I don't like his tape at all at any point. So uh, ultimately I think, I think the advice here is sort of similar for a lot of these positions, which is find the guys in like the 12 to 20 at corner, 12 to 20 at receiver, 12 to 20 at tackle. Maybe like, again, if Mason Smith is a fourth round pick, like that is a steal in my opinion. So um, there are a lot of good pieces that I think this weekend you can kind of do some digging on and watching and su studying some of the data. All you really need is stack in the inbox.com by the way. But I do think there's a lot of pieces that you can find. And that, to me, that's, I agree with you. The value of the combine is, your second and third tier players figuring out who you really like in the third, fourth and fifth round, because everyone knows who's good in the first and second round by and large, we know who's good. Um, and if they fall into the second round, like the Titans have actually feasted a couple of different times on good players that fell into the second round, Harold Landry, Christian Fulton, Derek Henry guys that fell. And John Robinson was like, Oh, I guess I'm going to take this guy now. Uh, and so that's not that 38. They're sitting pretty. The question is, what do they do from then on? And is there a trade in there somewhere that gives them more more assets? And but that's what you should be watching this weekend. Is all right. See what you got. Picks sixty five. Start of the third round through the end of the sixth round. That's who. That's where you should be prioritizing your focus this weekend on on the combine. Running back, depth at receiver, uh, and also fr frankly, we haven't talked about this, but middle linebacker. I was about to say, do not sleep. I know we're brushing up against it. Do not sleep no. on the linebacker. Ignore your Peyton Wilsons. Ignore your um, Jeremiah Trotter Juniors. You know, probably Edron Cooper. Those are all great guys, all great yeah. linebackers. I'm not saying that they're bad. But you're looking at your Nathaniel Watsons, your Trev Trevin Wallace's, your Jalen Fords, your Cedric Gray's, your Tyrese Knights, your Tyrone Hopper. You know, Hopper. Those are the guys that you are you're looking at this weekend. So... I would say this. I I think that they're drafting a running back and linebacker 
agree sometime at day three and and maybe even a safety on day three it's gonna be a very unsexy day three if you are big into like wanting like well they should just draft all wide receivers you know <laughs> like it's going to be the lesser known positions i like if if they have a fifth round pick and they get like eichenberg or jalen ford or hopper and then they come back in the sixth round and get a running back whoever that might be and then all of a sudden they come back and get like a second corner in the seventh round, along with like a second wide receiver. I could see that being the strategy because then you go edge rusher, corner receiver, tackle, whatever in the beginning, depending again on how many picks they have. I think they're going to try to trade, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of value. I mean, JT Bertrand is also on here as well. Like the other Notre Dame linebacker as well. Louis Fau is, is not, is not bad either how far do they fall down board? So keep an eye on some of those guys this weekend, because again, I think Hopper, for example, is, is a little undersized. They're going to have to, we'll see what his measurables are. Let's see what his dag, his reaction speed is. And his short, someone short. asked, and I think it was Nick. Uh, oh yeah. Is there one drill in particular that you guys weigh a lot more for player evaluation and all the others, Nick, just real quick. I will be highlighting when you select a position in the combine tracker tool, when you select a position, it's going to change the color of certain categories to let you know that for that position, those are more important. So while we're on the subject of linebacker, those would be your RAS, your height, your arm length, your bench press, and your broad jump are very important. And it's statistically, they are proven by other people, not by me, by other people to have high correlation to success in the first three years of your rookie contract. Well, I mean, Jayon Brown and David Long, undersized, very high athletic ability for both of them. Uh, and again, they were late round picks too, right? Both fifth round picks, I think. So uh, yes. can you go find, can you go find a guy that could start for a couple of years in the fifth round? Absolutely. A million percent. So uh, Drake, Drake Greenlaw was pretty late. Fred yeah. Warner, I think it was late. Um, very rarely do you have like round one inside linebackers anymore. So just so you guys know, you know, there that's going to be, that's something extra this year on the combine tool that was not there last year. So Nick's going to grab a beer tonight and play around with your tool. There you go. I like it. Sounds like that sounds like a good Friday. Sounds like a good Thursday night, my man. (laughs) Way to go, Nick. Uh, All right. So make sure you check that out and we'll be back on Monday to sort of handle all the overreactions. Cause I'm assuming there'll be some, you know, like Troy Franklin will go from like the 50th overall player to like number nine because he runs like a four three or something and people are going to go bonkers for it. Uh, it's funny thing about football. Very, very rarely do you ever run in a straight line by yourself. Just, just a random observation. So, OK. Uh, all right. Those are some players. Be to fair, he, that's almost all of his college state. That's true. I kid. That's true. I kid. Well, there's not a lot. The offense is, is complicated, but not for him. Uh, at Oregon. It, he yeah. was very specific. All right. So stackintheinbox.com, Sinkers Beverages, Kingston Group, F Words Pod, all the other great shows across the network. Make sure you support them as well. We do appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you all for listening. Share the product, share the show. You can check us out in podcast form or rewatch it on video and YouTube. So we're, we're here for you guys and we're here through the entire process. And again, sign up for the in crowd for Sinkers Beverages. Not only will they give you great customer service and special deals and access to like allocations for bourbon and all kinds of other cool stuff at sinkers but it is the only way you can be eligible to attend our draft party so make sure you sign up for the in crowd uh at sinkers beverages and we can check we can check and see if you're signed up so uh all right uh yes there you go (laughs) big big gay robot references this weekend uh all right thank you zach always a pleasure to hang out with you have a great weekend everybody my name is braden gall thank you guys for listening we will talk to you on monday